You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their You got drama yet? Sup, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got another breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. This time of year, you probably know what it means. And you're definitely know, definitely going to know what it means when I tell you we're going over across town to that home daycare center of Ryan Callahan. You know what that's going to mean this time of year. So, Ryan, tell the good people why we got another breaking news edition for them. Uh, we're here to talk Tennessee volleyball. No, uh, yeah, it's another true. Tennessee football commitment. Yeah, that, that's you didn't see that one coming, did you? Uh, Tennessee football has added another player to its 2022 recruiting class, uh, and this time it's in the secondary. Uh, that's kind of been uh, a position Tennessee has, has hit pretty heavily down the stretch, and they have continued that with the addition of cornerback Desmond Williams of East Central Community College in Decatur, Mississippi. Uh, one of uh, one of several junior college. Defensive backs Tennessee has pursued here down the stretch in need of some some immediate help in the secondary uh, with obviously a couple guys leaving after this season, Elante Taylor and Theo Jackson, uh, kind of needing some experience to step in and uh, and help right away there and, and just just needing to imp- improve the depth there too. And, and Williams, I think a nice pickup, a guy who who hasn't, you know, just blown up with SEC offers, but sometimes that happens with junior college guys and, and it really came down to, to Tennessee and Mississippi State, I think in the end, and and Tennessee, uh, you know, just really impressed him during his official visit there, and uh, and 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 ultimately won out. And I think he was, you know, maybe kind of deep down leaning toward Tennessee going into that visit anyway. And, and the Vols really impressed him. So uh, nice pickup here for Tennessee as they as they were clearly looking for at least some junior college help in the secondary in this class, at least once they got to a certain point in the year. And uh, and I think you know seeing the options out there at cornerback. Desmond Williams was one that definitely excited them, and we'll we'll touch on that in a minute. Why he's 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 a a pretty exciting guy, but definitely a nice pickup here for Tennessee, and I think one that might might end up surprising some people relative to to what his offer list has been here down the stretch. Yeah, I'm just going to gloss over the fact that the school's name is East Central uh, Community College. Uh, just that might be the worst name for a school that I've ever heard in my entire life. I, I don't know that we, Tennessee's recruited a lot of the Mississippi Juco's obviously everyone in college football has for years now. I, I've not heard much about East central. I've heard East Mississippi, you know, there's all the others, Pearl River. There's a bunch of the others that we've all heard of, but uh, had not heard much of, of that one. And maybe if they had a better name, uh, people, people would, uh, they would have more players out of there, but this kid, seriously, there's a lot to like uh, about this kid's film. And you look at numbers. I mean, football is ultimately a game about production, right? And you, you, you take some Juco numbers with a slight grain of salt, because on a week to week basis, you don't really know exactly who, who you're playing. But, but this kid, I mean, anytime you get four interceptions in the same football game, first off, uh, the quarterback for the other team throwing toward a guy when he's already had three picks in a game, he should probably never play the sport again. But it, it, seriousness, I mean, I mean, you get seven picks in a year, you get a punt return touchdown in a year, you, you put up numbers like that against any level of competition, you can obviously play the game, right? And I, I don't want people to, to get, uh, you know, been out of shape when I mentioned the name Jeremy Pruitt, but he had some good points, especially as it related to defensive backs. And one thing he said so many times, Ryan, if you don't 
intercept passes and cause turnovers on Fridays, you're probably not going to do it on Saturdays. That's not usually a skill that most guys just kind of pick up along the way. It's kind of a natural thing or it's not. And this young man obviously showed that, that he's got that instinct to, to make plays out there, which is you know what you want first and foremost from a defensive back. Yeah, no, no question. And yeah, seven interceptions. Uh, and now one, one interesting thing, interesting thing about him, you know, unlike a lot of junior college defensive backs who are two years and done at the junior college level with, with few exceptions, uh, this, this was his third season playing at the junior college level. Uh, and he, because it's his third year, he is graduating in December, no doubt, you know, not staying full three, three full years or anything like that. But um, that extra year, that free year due to COVID, which applies to junior college players, just like it did to NCAA players uh, gives him uh, that extra year without, without leaving him uh, a year short. So he's still going to get to Tennessee with three years to play his final two seasons. So two seasons and a red shirt. Um, But that, that is a little bit different. You don't see guys with three years of junior college experience very much. So he is a little more experienced than a lot of, uh, a lot of defensive backs coming out. I I would say that's a plus in this case. And as you said, he's shown a, a nose for the ball, you know, had some interceptions last year as well. Um, you know, solid size, I think 5'11", uh, 190 pounds, so, so pretty well built uh, and comes yeah, in. Not, I think, not, not, not like a big corner, but, but big enough. Yeah, not, not a 6'1 or 6'2 guy, and that's, that's okay because uh, to, to me, you, you give me a guy that's, uh, that's 5'11 and has shown a knack for making plays over a, a guy that's an inch or an inch and a half taller that you're maybe projecting to get better just because he's got the length, you know, I'd – me personally, I I, I kind of lean a little bit toward the guy that's a proven playmaker. So I uh, I don't I don't get as bent out of shape about that as some people do. But certainly everyone's looking for those six foot cornerbacks these days. He's he's in that range, but not quite six feet. So a uh, l- little bit different there from what most schools are are looking for. But he's close enough that I think not a big concern there. Uh, and and again, can return kicks, uh, block some kicks this season at the junior college level. So you know he has clearly the athleticism, the skill set uh, to do a lot of things. And I think that versatility is intriguing too. You know, I, I think Tennessee has some interest in having him at least look into returning kicks. We'll see if, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily better on one or the other, but, you know, just returned a few punts this year, did take one back for a touchdown uh, and was more involved on kick returns. Uh, so, you know, uh, can do a lot of things with him in addition to, to playing him in the secondary, but, I think Tennessee certainly sees him as a, an experienced guy who can, you know, maybe have a chance to step in right away and play. You know, I think they've got some interesting options in the secondary in this class to to potentially help right away. But you know, obviously, you're if you're going to get a junior college guy, it's usually not to be a backup. It's not to provide some depth. It's at least to throw them in there and see if they can compete for a starting job right away. And certainly being an early early enrollee, you would think Desmond Williams has a, a real chance. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people call him D, uh, or most people call him D. So D Williams is maybe how you'll see him uh, referenced on the Tennessee roster in the coming months. We'll see about that. But certainly Tennessee is bringing in D Williams with the idea that he is going to, uh, at, at the very least, compete for some immediate playing time and, and be a big factor in the secondary. Well, and I think you have to give the kid credit for, for making a shrewd move in terms of playing that extra year in JUCO because – you know, we, we see this all the time, right? You look at the NFL draft and you see guys coming from, you know, the, the D2 or D3, you know, F- FCS levels. And, you know, guys just sort of mature at different times. And, and this this guy, who knows what happens if he comes out a year ago, but he decides he's going to play that extra year in JUCO. And then all of a sudden, sort of late in, in that, that third year, he, you know, Tennessee gets the ball rolling. And I think that says something about Tennessee's confidence and its ability to – 
to target players too because this kid did not have a single Power 5 offer, and Tennessee steps in and says, nope, we see something here. We like this guy. They like him a lot. And I think that, that, that tells you that they're not, they're not stargazing. They're, they're looking at guys, evaluating them on their own, and making their own decisions, which I think is good. You have to be sort of an independent thinker sometimes to get your program back where you want it to, to, to go. But this kid made a shrewd move, right, because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's getting, you know, Tennessee jumps in the picture, and then, you know, West Virginia, Mississippi State, you know, Louisville, Kentucky, others start kicking around. And and pretty good move for the kid to wait that extra year, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And one thing, you know, I, I don't know how it specifically impacted him, but, uh, you know, he was a safety coming out of high school, it sounds like, and got got more of a look at cornerback once he got to the junior college level. And, and just might, you know, I, I don't know if he might not have had the attention that he that he needed last year because of COVID. But one, one thing about the uh, the COVID year last year is that it really did wreak havoc on some junior college players because, uh, you know, four year schools were not losing as many players because of that free year of eligibility. Uh, and then, you know, the transfer portal kind of kicked into high gear at the same time. So I think fewer schools were out there desperately searching for junior college help in the secondary. And for a guy like that, um, that was maybe not a, you know, automatically one of the top junior college defensive backs in the country last year that, that was maybe, uh, you know, at least on, on the radar, but not at the very top of a lot of schools lists that, that probably made it tough for him to find anything. So I, I don't know if his academic situation required him to come back for that extra year or whatever the case was, but, uh, regardless, it, it's worked out well. And, and now he's obviously headed to the sec. Uh, he's originally from Forsyth, Georgia. So certainly Tennessee is fairly close to home for him. I think yeah. that, that's one reason that this has uh, worked out well for Tennessee. I, I think he certainly was, was uh, excited about the the fit as soon as he got that offer back in early November and uh, in Tennessee, he really, he said it had been recruiting him the hardest for, uh, for, for several weeks going into his official visit to Tennessee. Um, they, they've had him on the radar long enough that during Tennessee's open date back in October, uh, Mike Eckler, who was, uh, who's actually the primary recruiter for, uh, for Desmond Williams, uh, went down to Mississippi and watched him play. Uh, so they, they've clearly had an eye on him for, for weeks, and, uh, and they, they really did scour the country pretty well in this class. You know, you touched on it. They, they trusted their evaluations. One reason for that is they put a lot of time into this. They, uh, they obviously had some, some guys earlier in the cycle that they didn't really have much of a chance at with the dead period and all the, all the different factors this, this staff dealt with earlier this year that, that made things difficult. You know, got some guys on campus in the summer, but once you get through the summer, you sort of reassess your board and, and decide, you know, and we, and we said back at the, in the summer, Hey, there, there are going to be more offers at that position. And now as we've gone down the stretch, pretty much all the guys they've been uh, really pursuing with only a few exceptions were guys they offered, you know, in the summer or later. And so you, sometimes you have to do that and, and keep scouring and, and find guys that you, that you really like and dig a little deeper. And, and so we'll, we'll see how these guys turn out, but I think they've found some nice players, Christian Harrison being one of them. And I think D Williams has a chance to be a, to be a pretty good one. So this is a, a couple, couple interesting pickups, not four and five star guys, but guys that they think can help. So, so we'll, we'll see Willie Martinez has a pretty decent track record with some of these guys, you know, Emmanuel Mosley and some others that he's developed uh, during his previous stint at Tennessee. And he's obviously had some success uh, this, this season, you know, getting, uh, getting some good production out of guys like Warren Burrell. Now, now we'll see what, what he can get out of a guy like D like D Williams, who has, you know, again, has some experience, has a good skill set, 
but just, you know, not a big, big name yet in terms of, uh, in terms of recruiting, but I think they like what they see on film. Definitely runs well enough to play corner. Um, you know, you, you can mm-hmm. see, and I think you can see on film that he does have some history at safety just because of the way he, he moves and sort of the way he tracks the ball. That seems very corner, I mean, very safety like, but when you watch him run with the ball in his hands, you can see that corner speed. I mean, there's lots of, and I wouldn't say he's the most big, huge physical guy in the world, but you know, he'll go up there and put his hands on you. He's not afraid to go tackle. He's made some, some plays there too. So lots to like there. We got lots more to discuss about this Tennessee adding Desmond D Williams. I guess we'll see if he's Desmond Williams or D Williams, Uh, but, but a a nice new addition for Tennessee on the back end of the secondary. Going to, going to talk more about this here in just a second. We're going to talk about the fit for Tennessee. We're going to talk about why, Tennessee's looking Juco at, at, at corner and in the secondary in general and sort of the versatility required these days. There's lots more to discuss, but, but before we get to any of that, we're overdue for a break here. We're going to step away, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, et cetera, and be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center. Talking Tennessee football recruiting. The Vols adding uh, another defensive back to this recruiting class, Desmond D. Williams. Desmond Williams, D. Williams. We'll figure out exactly how that's going to go. But the bottom line is this is a a speedy, versatile, uh, athletic, uh, really, really – potential under-the-radar gem here uh, of a cornerback prospect from East Central Community College there in Mississippi. Going to talk more about the fit, uh, about where things are in, in Tennessee's sort of recruiting, what, why they're looking for for some JUCO bodies there in the secondary. Going to get to all that. Before we do that, though, quick reminder, guys, if you could take about mm, a minute, 60 to 90 seconds out of your day right now and, and go in there, and if you really want to help us out, go in and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. What really helps us out, though, is if you go in there and you rate, review, and subscribe, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, you can cast the fine pod. You can find this very GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. The only thing that we ask is that you go in there, tell your friends, rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us out a lot. If you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. If not, go yourself. That's, that's the policy. That's the policy. And you might say, that sounds awful harsh. And my response to that would be, them's the breaks. That's the policy. Deal with it. Deal with it. 
Ryan, th- this commitment here for, for Tennessee, this recruiting cycle in general, I think we knew from basically early in the season, certainly, you could say even going into the season, but definitely from early in the season, it became pretty apparent that Alante Taylor was going to to go pro. He was not going to take advantage of that super senior eligibility. He was going to go ahead and turn pro. And then you look at Tennessee, they're in the in the secondary, not sure exactly what a couple guys are going to do. Trayvon Flowers now all of a sudden maybe he has a decision to make on what he wants to do. Tennessee needed to go in there and not just get some bodies, but I think whether it was a JUCO or a portal guy, they needed to get a little older there at the cornerback position with this class because there's nothing wrong with some of these high school kids they're getting. They could be really good players, but I just think – whether it was the JUCO or the portal, this is something that made sense for Tennessee. Yeah, I, I think I think you had to have a little more experience there. You know, they did what they could to address that spot um, back during the offseason, uh, adding Brandon Turnage and Kamal Haddon, the uh, the transfers from Alabama and Auburn, uh, respectively. But not not really feeling confident still in the long term future at that position because they've been kind of short on defensive backs in the past couple recruiting classes, uh, really only a couple of defensive backs in the 2021 class that was obviously affected by Tennessee's coaching change. Um, but, you know, they, they left that class a little bit short on its needs in the secondary. They, they kind of continued kicking that can down the road a little bit uh, with, with some guys like Theo Jackson coming back, kind of bailing them out. Uh, really, they, they were, they were going to be in a bind this year if a guy like Theo Jackson had not, emerged and uh and, and amazingly they didn't have to really count on Kamal Haddon and Brandon Turner just starters which which was kind of a shock given where they were uh in spring practice but they, they they got through the year and now those guys might be ready to step in and compete but you still need some other guys to kind of fill the void uh with with Taylor and, and Theo Jackson on the way out so it, it made a lot of sense for them to, to to look for at least one Juco guy the the interesting thing here is that, that Tennessee has, has kind of gone after both junior college cornerbacks and safeties. So uh, we'll, we'll see how this class ends up, but you, you certainly uh, it not, won't be a surprise if you see Tennessee end up with a junior college cornerback and a junior college safety. They've, they've also gone after Keontae Scott, uh, who's the, the nation's number one junior college cornerback out at uh, Snow College in Utah, where Josh Heupel obviously uh, played during his career. Uh, so he, he took an official visit to Tennessee, a lot of competition for him. And I think D. Williams always seemed once Tennessee offered him and really set its sights on him, it seemed like okay, Scott would be would be great for Tennessee. Obviously, a lot of schools like him, but I think it always kind of looked like okay, Williams might be the the more realistic option, the guy who's who's getting back closer to home from Georgia. It just kind of seemed like a possible fit from the time they offered him. Uh, so so not a surprise that it's ended up going this way. But they uh, you know again they cast a pretty wide net among junior college defensive backs. Uh, making sure they had had several options there, and, and it's been a priority for for that reason. You know, they need to get better. They need to get faster, more athletic at both cornerback and safety. And again, you know, losing a couple guys like Alante Taylor and Theo Jackson, I think it's just one of those spots where you don't want to. You you could get by certainly leaving yourself uh, with just what's coming back, along with some true freshmen next year. But certainly does not hurt to to bring in a junior college guy and make sure you've got another experienced option going into next season. Well, and I'll tell you this too, I I don't have the numbers in front of me to prove this. So, so this might be something I say, and then Ryan goes, Wes, you're an idiot, which it happens. Um, and oftentimes it's true, 
But I think the way the game is played now, I think roster composition is very different. I, I think teams, you, you used to look down a roster and you would see a million linebackers on a roster. Now you see more defensive backs than ever on a roster because teams are playing more nickel than they are base, and some teams are in dime more than they're in base. And really sometimes now nickel is base. And, and I think you just – you know, it's very rare – that teams have more than two linebackers on the field now at any given time. And if there's a third one, usually he's basically a hybrid edge rush defensive end type of guy. So I, I think also just in terms of when I've looked at Tennessee's rosters the past few years, I've just thought, you know, they, they just kind of need, I don't want to say just bodies because you want to have talented guys. And you want to take the best players available, Ryan. But I, I think you just, you need to have a bunch of guys in the secondary right now. That's just how rosters have to be that and wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, to, to sort of uh, expand on the point I made a minute ago with the, the short numbers in the past couple of recruiting classes, in the 2021 class, all Tennessee got in the secondary uh, was Deshaun Rucker and, and Christian Charles. Don't, don't, Charles. don't, don't you hate on Team Rucker. That's like getting two normal people. No, no hate here. Uh, speedy guy. Uh, liked him coming out of high school. Still think he might be a good player in the future. Uh, but in, interesting that those guys were – they almost flipped uh, where they were projected uh, to play at one point. You know, Tennessee was hoping Charles could be a cornerback. He ends up at safety, uh, at least under the former staff. They were hoping he could be a cornerback. He ends up at safety. And then the former staff viewed Rucker as kind of a safety nickel type. He ends up at cornerback under the new staff. So that just shows you the versatility you can, you can sometimes have in the secondary and, and why it's hard to project those guys sometimes, but not shocking considering Rucker's speed, but only two defensive backs. I, I, you know, we wondered if, if Cayman Marley might end up at safety it would have been a bigger safety to begin with. That's, but that's still, not that still surprised me a lot. I'm just going to be honest. That we didn't watch enough practices here to see what he's doing there. To be fair, but I just I, to me he looked like a defensive player. Well, I, yeah, I, I still think linebacker might be the position where he's got the most upside. He would have been a bigger safety, but certainly you know somewhere on defense, to, just to me, always made a lot of sense. But that that still might be a long term situation to play out. So, but assuming he doesn't move to to the secondary, you only got two defensive backs in that class in the 2020 class. They signed only three defensive backs. Key Lawrence, who's obviously now at Oklahoma, uh, along with Danico Slaughter and Tamarian McDonald. So uh, not a true cornerback in that class. Key Lawrence got some playing time at cornerback before he left Tennessee, obviously. Uh, but you, you didn't get a cornerback in that class. So you've got one total cornerback in Tennessee's final two classes under Jeremy Pruitt. So that's a position they just had to restock the cupboard at some point. So that's why you've seen Tennessee go pretty heavily after defensive backs in this class, even after landing Brandon Turnage and Kamal Haddon in the, in the transfer portal this past offseason. So uh, th this was long overdue. You know, they're still going to have to continue addressing that position uh, in the in the 2023 class, but definitely was important for Tennessee to, to get a, a handful of guys in this class. And they're obviously uh, you know, kind of put it, putting the finishing touches on that right now, but definitely – to, taking a big step toward that with the addition of Desmond Williams. And so that's, uh, to, to me, you know, that, that's, that's why, that's why though you have a need for not just a defensive back, but a junior college guy there, because you're basically going two classes with, with not much of anything at cornerback that's eventually going to show up. So it's not just the, the lack of numbers there. It's the lack of ready to play guys, you know, guys with experience who can kind of step in now, there, there's a void there because, quite frankly, they just didn't do enough to address the position for back-to-back for -back years. And I'll tell you, the last thing I got, Ryan, you might have something else, but the last thing I got is that I have no idea 
if this served as any sort of a tiebreaker, I don't want to speak out of turn here. I, I, I don't. We know some things, a lot of things about the way they project guys and 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 you know how they how they you know what they look for the traits and all that. But we don't we don't know the whole thing because obviously Tennessee doesn't want us to know the whole thing, you know. But I, I think looking at this kid, I can't help but think when you see that that he blocked four kicks at the JUCO level, when you see that he returned a punt for a touchdown, you're talking about a guy who's really impacting games on special teams. And, and if nothing else. If this guy comes in and if he is like a special teams demon, he is 100% worth a scholarship. And I have to think that's something that, you know, Tennessee, Mike Eckler loves that special team stuff. All coaches love guys who play special teams. And this guy, Ryan, he does it. Absolutely. And and that's, yeah, to your point, that's that maybe that's the worst case scenario is that you, you only get a special teams player. Well, if nothing else, he's pretty good at that. Um, but I think the best case scenario, obviously, is that he does a lot more than that. He plays sure. a lot on defense and, and you know, you, you potentially get a starter uh, in the secondary with, uh, with with quite a bit of experience under his belt. The, the other thing you like about him, you know, definitely he's made a lot of plays on special teams, blocking kicks, returning a punt for a touchdown this season. Pretty effective on kick kickoff returns, too. Not just that, though. It, you know, he had the seven interceptions this year with four in one game, two in another game. So that you know, kind of had just some big games. Uh, and But then even throughout the rest of the year, 14 pass breakups. So this is just a guy with, a, again, a nose for the ball a little bit. He just finds a way to get his hands on a lot of passes. Uh, and there's a lot to be said for that, as, as you point out with, with you know, Jeremy Pruitt, what he said. It's it's true. Uh, I, I've seen that over the years, that guys who don't make, don't make a lot of plays, don't have a lot of interceptions in high school, you know, you hate to write them off just because of that, but they tend to not make a lot of plays in college, yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, you see, like, not you know, Nigel Warrior was a was sort of an exception there. He he, as a senior yeah. at Tennessee, did a lot more, and then Theo Jackson became a more disruptive player later in his career too. But he also, I think, only had the one interception, so he just you know never as good as he was. He just never really had that trait. But th- this kid seems to just sort of have it. And, and it wasn't just this year. That's another another thing you like about him. He finished his career at, at East Central, your your favorite named uh, junior college in the country. It's just uh, I mean, just pick a direction, guys. <laughs> but finished the year or finished his career there with 13 interceptions. Uh, that's a, that's a career total that Tennessee would put you pretty high on the all time yeah, program list. Um, so to have 13 interceptions in a junior college career, pretty impressive. Uh, I think four last year and, and two the year before is how that broke down. So uh, pretty productive throughout his junior college career. That, that bodes well. This isn't a guy who, who just, you know, flashed out of nowhere and had a big year based on a couple big games. This is the guy who's made plays throughout his junior college career. So I, I, I put a lot of stock in that. I, I think guys that can just find their way into the into the picture and make a play uh, almost any time, it's it's worth having those guys around. Even if even if they do have some deficiencies, sometimes those guys that just have a have a knack for for reading plays and being in the right place at the right time, even if they were a step slow, uh, that's worth a lot. And I, not to say that Desmond Williams is a step slow. I don't think he is. I think he's a good athlete, a uh, very good athlete. But I think that's just a, a skill you. You want to have, and, and clearly Desmond Williams has found a way to, to get his hands on a lot of passes throughout his junior college career. So I, I, I really do think it's a nice pickup for Tennessee. And you know, people will look at the offer list, and you know, wasn't rated until late, and things like that, and, and probably say, "Yeah, well, this this is just getting a junior college guy because you had to have one." I, I don't think Tennessee views this as that. I think they feel like this is a, a pretty good player that, that really has a chance to surprise some people. So I, I think it's a nice pickup, and certainly one that uh, that Tennessee and Mississippi State both uh, both coveted down the stretch. There you go, and they've gone up, up, up against each other a few times in this class, and Tennessee's been winning those battles. So, 
that's uh, as you would expect Tennessee to do against Mississippi State, but still went out there and still did it. Ryan, you got anything else? One last thing. I, I've, Ooh, I've got you a, do have got something touch else. On this. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I got to touch on this just because I, I'm, I'm proving Tennessee's proven me wrong. I, I, I didn't give Tennessee enough credit maybe earlier this year. Uh, you know, we'll see where they end up in the final team rankings, obviously, as things shake out here late. But uh, I I thought earlier this year, Tennessee would would probably end up somewhere between 21 and 25 in the team rankings uh, on, on 24-7 sports. The, the more we see here down the stretch, the more it looks like Tennessee is a pretty safe bet to have a top 20 class. And I think considering everything Tennessee has dealt with this year, the late coaching change, the dead period, the NCAA investigation, so many things uh, to, for them to overcome all that and just kind of keep chipping away, keep getting guys they like, not, not panicking about having, you know, quote unquote, a bunch of three stars in their class. And now to end up having their evaluations validated in a couple cases, getting some guys bumped to four-star status, getting some late four-stars, things like that. Uh, it, it, I, I'm pretty impressed under the circumstances that, you know, considering they really didn't get the big, uh, the big turnaround in state that some people were hoping for earlier this year to, to still end up with what looks like it's going to be a top 20 class. Pretty impressive job, I think, in Josh Heifel's first year. I think that is a good note that you just added there, Ryan. Now, do you have anything else? Because that was a good one to end on. I don't know if you're going to top that. No, I, th- I think I'm good with that then I think we'll thank you for your time. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thanks, Wes. And thank you all for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news on your feed, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 and get lots of coverage there throughout the day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water right from the tap, go get that at govals247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vols coverage with the award-winning Maria Cornelius doing all kinds of great coverage all year round, Lady Vols basketball, softball, soccer, volleyball, all of it. Maria's got all of that covered. You get a couple dozen fresh content items, Tennessee-related on most days between us and the National Network. You you get two forms that run round the clock all day, every day, the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and talk anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans all around the world, pretty much every single time zone covered no matter what time of day it is, one of us on the staff will be there. Uh, someone, you know, just tons and tons of Tennessee fans from all over the place. Lots of places. We, we, we moderate that board. We keep it mostly pretty clean. Lots and lots of good stuff on there. Lots of good place to go for a conversation. And we're not going to sit there and argue politics and religion all day because we're just not doing that. So if that's not your cup of tea, then Go Vols 24-7 will be your cup of tea. You get all of that plus access to one of the best databases on the planet, certainly one of the best sports databases you'll ever see. All of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a seven-day free trial. And if you pay us that rate, which again is very, very reasonable, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity as long as you're paying us. You're getting access for free to Paramount+. Plus. 
which is the, the streaming behemoth, uh, the growing behemoth there on, of the CBS Viacom streaming platform. Every show CBS has ever made commercial free, tons and tons of new movies, tons of classic movies, lots of exclusive shows that you're only, you know, Mayor of Kingstown, Evil, Picard, uh, the, the Yellowstone spinoff shows, so many other things and some adult animation shows, all kinds of great, great stuff. All of that. All of it. All of it. Plus live sports, Tennessee, SEC. You get the balls, NCAA tournament, March Madness, obviously in basketball, NFL, PGA Tour, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Serie A, World Cup qualifiers, plus stuff from the catalogs of CBS, MTV, BET, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian. Something for the entire family. That's more than a $100 annual value that we will give you for free, for nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for like a hundred bucks a year. You cannot beat that deal. Go to GoVols247.com right now and sign up for it. No supply chain problems there. It's all digital. Bing, bang, boom, right there. If nothing else, you should hear from us in a couple of days, guys, unless there's no big breaking news before then. So until then, uh, just be good to each other. Have some basic human empathy and dignity. Just, Just be nice to each other. It's the holidays. Come on, do it. See ya.